Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're reading Bridal Jitters by Jane Castle. This was published in 1999 as part of a collection of short stories called Charmed and is the point fifth book in the Ghost Hunters series. So this this is the book where she introduced the world of harmony. Um, so this so, was her first, the first time that the that that world appeared. So it's really. Mm-hmm. So she didn't publish the first book in the series and then go back and write the short story about the founding. This was the no, intro. That's right. She wrote it. I mean, I don't know if she was like thinking, oh, I'm going to write this thing. But no, she definitely wrote this book first. It was the very first one. And it just appeared in this anthology. Okay, I have a lot of questions. Yeah. I definitely thought while reading this that there was context from previous books that I just didn't have. Nope. That changes some things. So let's uh, quickly go through the summary before we dive into the WTF is happening in this book. All right. Just below the city of Cadence lie the remains of the dead city of old Cadence resonating with the psychic and para-energy of its dead souls. While exploring the darkest depths of the city, two business partners discover passions within each other that are very much alive. Virginia Birch, a psychic archaeologist, can't believe her luck when she meets Sam Gage, a ghost hunter and owner of prime real estate in the old quarters of Cadence, above the dead city. He offers her his space to live and start up her business. What follows is an even more intriguing proposal to become his wife. Strictly for professional reasons, of course. Their marriage of convenience would lead to a very lucrative business partnership, Gage and Birch Consulting. Until something throws a wrench into the plan. The undeniable sensual energy that naturally exists between them. And a love so strong it could wake the ghosts below. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's like I've been like cracking up the entire time. The I don't know what time. I was expecting from this jacket, but this was not it. Oh my god, it was amazing. Oh. Here's the thing. It's an accurate jacket to what happens in the short story. Yeah. But the number of words in the jacket that require an explanation because they are not standard concepts mm-hmm. is astounding. Like, I feel like a good jacket writer would have been like, maybe we don't bring up old quarters, old city, dead souls, <laughs> waking the ghosts. The concept of a professional marriage, I don't know. <laughs> There's just a lot going on in that jacket that, like, yeah. I would have a lot of questions about. Well, let's let's see what we wrote for our summaries. So this is a novella or a short story. I'm not. I'm actually not sure what the difference is. I'm pretty sure it's a novella. All right. Let's so let's let's see what we came up with. So as you know, when we do novellas, we generate a random number between one and twenty-five instead of one and fifty. So for this episode, our random number was twelve. I'll so go ahead my, and start. Okay. 
I'll go ahead and start, I guess. Um, Halloween, the best night to get it on while exploring alien ruins. Yep. Uh, and mine. So first of all, I just want to say for the record, I think you can tell based on Meg's summary that she's like a lot more confident with like the mythology of this world <laughs> because you kind of got into the, okay, so it's a Halloween story, but it's the alien world. I eliminated all concepts of the supernatural because I tried to come up with a summary that would actually make me read this book without going, wait, what the fuck is going on? Okay. Uh, so mine is haughty ghost hunter landlord convinces Virginia to go into business and get married. Yeah. I mean, that's, also true i referenced the supernatural in that he is a ghost hunter but i feel like that at least is like a touchstone so people know what the fuck is being talked about except of course in this world on the world of harmony being a ghost hunter doesn't mean that you actually hunt dead spirits undead spirits it's also unclear if they're actually undead spirits also, everyone has a lot of amber and has to wear a lot of amber, but his eyes are also amber, and I really wish I'd counted the number of times amber had appeared in the text. Can I just tell you that that's like a Amanda Quick slash Jane Ann Cran slash Jane Castle thing? She's like really into amber. Okay. It, it doesn't bother really, They often It doesn't bother me. No. But I will tell you, after reading a million and a half Jane Ann Cran's books, I'm just like, yeah, amber eyes resonating amber yeah well and the the funny god this is getting into the series which is it was still ongoing as of a couple of years ago but i don't think she's published anything recently in this at, this in one this came series. out in 1999 mm-hmm. yeah how many books are in this series oh a lot let me see how many books are in this series is um, she like a full stephen king where she has like a disorder that makes her turn out books Probably. She used to publish, like, three a year. So, in this series... Twenty-five. Okay. Wait. Yeah. Wait. I think I counted a few twice. Hold on. And are some, like, novellas? Fourteen. Fourteen. Not twenty-five. So there are 14. I mean, there are, the only novella is this one. Okay. Um, but she did, she did start, she did this thing where she would write, she, in, for her Arcane Society series, she would write them in the three, from her three different pen names, but the series would go through the three. And so she would write historical ones by Amanda Quick, and then she would write contemporaries by Jane and Krantz. And then she would write these paranormals um, that happened on Harmony. But they were all in the Ghost Hunters. Excuse me. They were all in the Arcane Society series. Oh, my God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, see, it's, like, intense. If you ever become, like, a, like a hardcore fan. <laughs> well, and I'm not going to lie to you, dear listeners. It's about 1030 at night right now. And it is too late for me to process that. Like, I'm just, you're going to have to explain it to me later because inevitably I'm going to read them because to preview for all that I was very confused through a lot of this, I liked it enough that I would want to read more in the series. These, I have to be honest, I really enjoy her paranormals. They're really fun. She doesn't, her paranormals are very 
paranormal-esque in that they are, they're like basically 21st century America, but you just are like, oh yeah, no, actually this is on an alien planet. But like they eat things like salmon and pasta and, you know, she doesn't like try to give you alien cuisine or something like that. That's one of the things that threw me for a loop. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the discussions of, like, I needed to find real estate. I was trying to find it by, like, reading the paper and going to open houses. But everybody told me in this city it's word of mouth. So I was just kind of going up to houses with signs on the door saying that they were businesses to ask if they'd heard of anything. Mm -hmm. Then this guy was like, yeah, not only do I have an office you can rent, there's a bedroom upstairs if you want it cool then we like merged a business and like part of the reason we're now getting into this business marriage which that threw me for a loop for a second is because of the issues with like property taxes so it's like all of these very mundane Mm -hmm. realistic elements of the setting and then she'll just throw in these very weird quirks like oh and like what's underground is a whole bunch of jade mines pulsing with magic (laughs) And um, we, we're getting this thing that's just a legal marriage that only lasts for two years. Yeah. So she does this thing in her paranormals where she has this, it's called an MC, Marriage of Convenience, which is basically like a short-term thing, short-term marriage that gives you the legal rights of marriage but has like a term, term limit. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's also a covenant marriage, which is like a forever marriage and you can't get a divorce. But you are, it's not just a matter of like personal choice and and like a liberal society, because if you have kids, you're forced into a covenant marriage regardless. Mm -hmm. And she's like, this is all because, you know, you're on an alien planet and they need to make sure that society is making babies or something like that. It doesn't exactly make sense, but you're also just like, Sounds, sounds legit. It was such a trip reading this thing. Such a trip. So it's like, much. It, like, like I, uh, like the way I described it in the notes is silly but solid. So, yeah. like she presents it, and you're like, that's kind of silly, and you're like, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm just gonna accept it. That sounds cool. So for all that, I can't say there were any identifiable tropes in the world building. There were plenty of tropes in the love story. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just start with the last one I wrote because it's my favorite one. Man implies he wants to break up when trying to propose. I know. I know. God. So good. I I love it and I hate it all at the same time. Honestly, everything about this one was so absurd that I was just like, lean in, enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. The the main conflict in this book is the fact that they both are trying to hide their feelings for the other because he so he proposed a marriage of convenience so that she wouldn't be nervous and he like couched it all in business terms but he's been in love with her all along and she agreed to the marriage of convenience because she's been in love with him all along but she thinks that he doesn't really want like a long term thing because it's just a marriage of convenience and so the whole thing is that neither. Neither of them has said to the person they are marrying, like, hey, I have feelings for you. All of it was so hilarious because ultimately the fight and the conflict in this book is what kind of marriage they're getting, Mm -hmm. which like recontextualizes it to feel so low stakes. 
It's so great. I love it. She also has this random friend who's like, tell me all about sex in the first chapter, which is my favorite and is definitely a trope. But she's like, oh, we've agreed not to have sex. And then it turns out like they've just never even talked about it at all. And that's just what she assumed. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Um, They get trapped together. Forced proximity. They get trapped together in a cave. So the non-supernatural explanation of this is they've been hired to basically do a safety inspection. Yeah. And eliminate this hazard on a work site for a developer. Yeah. And it becomes clear while they're there that the safety person that he'd previously been using has it out for them. And he tries to kill them. So in fleeing this murder attempt, they get stuck inside the work site until they can figure out if there are people currently there looking for them. And it's the problem is exacerbated because the powers, the mystical powers he had to use to save them from this murder attempt mean that he becomes an overhyped sex maniac for an hour before sleeping for two to four hours uncontrollably. Yeah, he's got a, what do they call it? Oh, yeah, the afterburn. He's caught in the afterburn. (laughs) So that's another trope, like totally another trope. It's like, you're like, oh, is this guy really into me? Or is it just the aphrodisiac that he took? Like aphrodisiac slash sex trance. I feel <laughs> like in a lot of paranormals, there are various kinds of sex trances. Right. You know, like the werewolf sex trance or right. the, the vampire blood, you know, when they suck your blood, of course, it makes you want to fuck, I guess. Or even like uh, immediately following casting a spell you're just horny like I've seen so many different interpretations of it yeah so in this case whenever he uses his ghost hunting power he he gets horny but it depends on how much power he uses yeah I mean the more power you use the hornier you get it makes uh, like I'm not gonna ding her for that it makes total sense <laughs> yeah no totally <sighs> So this is sort of a fakeish relationship turned real because like they're telling people their marriage is fake that like this is just business. a Well and and then it also gets into business partners fall for each other and roommates fall for each other. Oh yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. So like they are basically entering into a romantic agreement that they are just friends, like a fake date to a wedding sort of thing. Kind of, yeah. Of course, then they fall for each other. Yeah, I mean they they have they have fallen for each other already, and they are not admitting it to each other. Because it's easier to talk about selling the house, unclear, and it's also unclear. Basically, it seems like this marriage of convenience. All you get out of it is effectively being able to file your taxes jointly. Basically, yeah. And also, you can have sex without being judged by society unless you get pregnant, in which case you are then judged by society and have to get real married. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, this this is very straightforward plot. Like Lane said, <laughs> you explore a place. Oh, no, they get betrayed. They have sex. There's some ghosts. And then there's a resolution. Yeah, like very standard. And I mean, <laughs> this is... If you have read an Amanda Quick or a Jane Ann Krentz, this is very standard. Like, think okay. about, no, but think about the ones that you've read. Like, it's kind of, and maybe not the ghosts. Other than the ghosts, yeah. though, like. The ghost is what I was cracking the joke at. <laughs> Other than the ghosts. But Other the, than, like, the random phantom coming up because they disturbed her gravesite. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're, so, preview, guys, we are also going to be reading Dangerous later this month. 
because we're we're really leaning into Halloween and spookiness. Um, and it, it, there are so many similarities with this little novella that um, I happen to have read Dangerous first. And it was just cracking me up after I would read this. And I was like, wait a minute. Is, da- is Dangerous in this series or is no. it? No. Dangerous okay. is a historical standalone about a ghost hunter. <laughs> yes, please. Okay. Um, okay. How many times did she use the phrase anyone in skirts? A lot. But, and all oh. in the same, like, chapter and a half. So how many times? Yes, but then also she used it later, too. But, yes, all, like, over and over. And I'm like, okay, that's. First of all, a weird phrase to be using while you're, like, exploring an underground passage while you're... I mean, I'm imagining that they're wearing khakis, like, treasure hunter people would wear. Okay. I mean, they he, they literally... She literally says that's what ghost hunters wear, is they wear a lot of khaki and amber. I was going to say, I was paying more attention to the jewelry discussion, but sure. Yeah. So, but there's there, khaki was in there, too. So, I don't know. I was imagining sort of an Indiana Jones type thing. And she's wearing, you know, jeans and a button down. Sure. And, and she says, like, would anyone in skirts, would anyone in skirts have, have done during your afterburn? You know. And, you know, he and even he, points out rightly, you're not wearing a skirt. He's like so literal and also in the throes of the afterburn that he's like, you don't have, you're not wearing a skirt. Why are you talking to me about skirts? Like, let's, let's just have sex, please. Yeah. Well, most of that conversation happens after they have sex. Also she thinks true. it a lot before they do, but afterward, she's like, did any, would anyone skirts have done? And he's like, no, I to be clear, I wanted you, but you weren't even wearing skirts. Right. <laughs> so I, I actually got, there's just this thing about reading Jane and Krentz or Jane Castle or whatever that I just am in the mood for sometimes. And I'm like, yup, thank you. <laughs> I will say I did not follow their post-coital conflict at all. And I don't think I was meant to. Like, I think it was meant to be a stupid fight. Yes. But especially with the interjections of afterburn and weird power stuff with basically, uh, were you really having sex with me? Did you want to have sex with me? Yes, I wanted to have sex with you. Okay, wait, why are you still mad at me? Because did you want to have sex with me? I, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. I was just but, like, whatever. It's gonna. It's a page and a half of them repeating the same phrases back and forth to each other. And at the end, they want to have sex again. So cool. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, basically, this is... I, I don't know what we managed to convey to you, dear listener, about this novella. But in general, it was really fun and funny. And there was a little bit of a Halloween connection. So perfect for our October. Yeah. Were you offended by anything? Um... Sort of. So you could probably speak to this better than I can, Meg, because I haven't yeah. read the rest of the series. But there's he is a ghost hunter and she so he can like kill ghostly beings and she is a tangler, meaning she can like undo defensive wards. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's most of the men are like ghost hunters are mostly men. Tanglers are mostly women. And I didn't pick up on the like. So, so ghost hunters are mostly men. I think tanglers. She's she's definitely more liberal with the tanglers. Tanglers can be men or women, 
but ghost hunters are specifically mostly men. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're in this book too, even in this little novella, she does sort of harp on the fact that they're like macho and I did not, I picked up more on the gender, the gender essentialism of it, mm-hmm. which is that basically women's psychic abilities are more passive, whereas the men's psychic abilities are more active. And that also happens in the, her St. Helens series as well, where the men have psychic abilities and the, the hero, the heroines are the prisms through which the men can you activate their activities, mm-hmm. you know, so they're, they're both really important parts of this, of the coin, but they're one is heads and one is tails and never the twain shall meet. Right. Um, so that's, that's basically it. Is it, is it, does it offend me? No. Do I find it eye rolly? Yes. Honestly, I find it dated. Yeah. More than anything else. Okay. So how sexy was this 83-page novella? I mean, it's as sexy as you can get if you're doing it in an alien graveyard slash prison slash zoo, in my opinion. Serious questions that um, resulted from this part for me. What is the zoo on this alien planet? They, the, here, so here's the thing. They discover this new place that no one has ever discovered before. In, like, the catacombs, In the basically. catacombs. And they don't know what it is. And so they speculate, maybe it's a prison. Maybe it's a zoo. Maybe it's a graveyard. Basically, it's this humongous clearing where there are, there are small niches all around it. And so they're thinking, oh, well, if I'm standing here, I can look in. So maybe it's a prison, like the Panopticon. Or maybe it's a zoo, and people come here to visit these things. They, they didn't really know what it was. No, 100%. But my brain, because I'm like, okay, prison hospital makes sense because they know that there was this, these life forms previously on the planet and now there are humans on the planet. Mm-hmm. But my brain, knowing this is another planet, Verzu goes, well, tell me what kind of animals you have that might have been in a zoo. Here's the thing. They're both dancing around each other and then they get stuck in this cave and he gets in this mystic sex trance and he keeps snapping at her. She keeps, like, trying to guide him by grabbing his hand or, like, checking to see if he has a fever. And every time she touches him, it just makes his sex trance worse. Yeah. And so he finally just, like, gives up. And he barely – oh, also, trope. Um, in their near-death moment, she whispers, I love you, thinking he can't hear her, but he definitely does. Oh, he definitely um, does. And so he's really conflicted because he's like, oh, wait, I'm trying to have sex with her, but she has feelings for me, but I can't tell if I'm taking advantage of her. Oh, well, too late. My pants are off. And there's this sex scene on top of a um, giant emerald sarcophagus. Yeah. <laughs> that is, for being quick and dirty, pretty good. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, I didn't, I wasn't left unsatisfied by this sex scene. Right. It was, it was very, like, the whole point is he is in a manic trance. He takes her and he passes out. Yeah. It's not like it's the most, like, worshipful, sexy sex scene I've ever read. But, like, the idea of a man having the primal hots for you and him losing control is sexy. It's pretty good. Yeah. Also, I thought Lane would appreciate that, yes, they are exploring some catacombs that have, have not been seen for years and years and years. It is specifically mentioned that there is no dust in the catacombs because it's an alien world and they yeah. didn't want dust in their catacombs. Here's the thing. I love that, but 
as we know, I do make exception to my cleanliness rules for like archaeologists, and this is basically an archaeological site. So That's I would have been fine if there was a little bit of like old dead stuff. Yeah. Well, there's old dead stuff. There's just no sand or dust. But like, my point is, if I am willing to be like, yep, we're going to make out in the middle of a sandstorm and find that hot, I have to be okay with a dusty catacomb. It's so true. I mean, Mr. Impossible. Right. Like, I am aware of my own inherent contradictions, and at least I'm consistent in the contradictions. Yeah. So, Lane, would you recommend this book? Yeah, and I'm going to read the rest of the 14 paranormal books about harmony. <laughs> and I'm like already a little resentful that this happened, but yeah, I'm in. I have the next three in the series, so I will be bringing them to your house very soon. Oh my god, I can't wait. I can wait, but I can't wait. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time on Plot Trails.